on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guest is Angie Wells, who is an Emmy-nominated makeup department head for television and film. Welcome to the show, Angie. Thanks, Jan. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I have never interviewed anyone who has done makeup before, so this will be interesting for us. We'll learn a lot. I'm going to share some secrets, I guess. Okay, good. Ooh, we like that. Makeup secrets. Makeup secrets. <laughs> oh, really? I was looking for some dirt now, Angie. No dirt. No dirt. Okay. First, how did you get into this business? I mean, did you wake up one day and go, hey, I think I want to do makeup for movies and television? Or how did it come about? Um, I had always had sort of an interest in doing makeup. As a teenager, I modeled a bit, and um, my agent noticed that I had a little bit of a flair, and so she would have me help with some of the photo shoots or some of the new models that were coming in. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, in between, uh, while I was going to college, I would help friends with their makeup. Um, do beauty things for everybody and it was sort of uh, I guess it came a little bit naturally my dad was a barber Um, I also was a hairdresser for a little while and basically decided um, after I lost my corporate job I've had several careers um, they they cut our training department uh, in half and I was one of the people to lose my job so instead of going back to the corporate world I decided I was going to pursue beauty and I pursued many things that uh, involved beauty. As I said, I was a hairdresser for a while and uh, an image consultant, which involved hair, makeup, and clothing. Um, and then I, I filtered it down to just makeup and uh, decided I wanted to work in film and TV. Moved out to L.A., and that's how it happened. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. What was your first break? How, I mean, you can just make that decision. You want to go do that, which is wonderful, and move across. Because you're from the East Coast, right? I'm sorry? You're from the East Coast. You're from Philadelphia? Yes, I'm originally from Philadelphia. Um, my husband and I were living in Chicago at the time. It was shortly after we'd gotten uh, married. And his company sent him on the road. And I was in Chicago alone. And I thought, wow, this wasn't really, if I was going to be alone most of the time, I don't think I would have come here. I would have gone somewhere else. And so he and I sat down and had a talk one weekend. And said, well, where would you want to go since I can come home anywhere, you know, when, when I get to come home? So I think I'd like to move out to L.A. and uh, take a stab at doing film and television. And uh, five months later, I was here. Wow. Wow. And then what was your first job and how did you get it? Uh, while I was in Chicago, I met some makeup artists, some fellow makeup artists, um, and uh, one was moving out here um, as well. She was coming out a few months before me, and she had friends who already lived out here who were established. Um, so I got here on like September the 25th or something like that, and I was working on the 29th while I was going to makeup school because I had I came out originally to start professional makeup school, which makeup for film and TV is different than makeup for daily streetwear. And I wanted to be well prepared. So I came out and I went to the Westmore Academy. While I was going to school, my third day of school, I had to take the day off so that I could go work for MTV with my friend. 
so that's kind of how it started. <laughs> how exciting. MTV, huh? Of all places. Yes, my first job. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just was, I just came back from the Napa Film Festival and, uh, one of the, the film at the, before the gala was, um, I want my MTV. Ah. And it was a wonderful documentary about the beginning of MTV. And my good friend Dave Carger was the MC on that. And they had quite a few. They had uh, Michael Nesbeth, uh, Nesmith, oh, wow. and uh, oh gosh, a number of people who were there from the film. Uh, so it was real interesting. So ha- that had to be a fascinating experience. Uh, it was to, you know, to to go work on that. So then it just did it just grow from there, Angie? After that. Yes, well, I, you know, during school, I would get called to go to work, so I would have to take a day off from school from time to time and go take these jobs. And then I had um, sought out mentors before I came because I feel it's really important to do that. Um, So I sought out people to work with, and um, I ended up getting a mentor who was working with an agency at the time. And right after I got out of school, she got me my first movie. Now, it was a very low-budget film. I mean, you've got to sort of work your way up. And um, I think I had to do, you know, 35 people by myself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit. When I say, you know, there's a lot of people to do. And it was, you know, a very low-budget, but it was how you start. You know, you just build your career. And... Um, so I did that first, and then shortly after that film, I got a series of films that uh, BET had done, a television series of uh, sort of, I guess, our uh, black versions of what like a Harlequin romance novel would be. They were called the Arabesque Series, and they were romance uh, films um, based on the lives of African-Americans. So they were African-American love stories, and I worked on that for about a year. And then things just kept going. Good for you. So you've been pretty nonstop since you arrived in L.A. Pretty much. <laughs> That's nice. That's great. It's a great way to have a, a career is when you're not sitting there waiting for the next job to turn around. So it was a good decision to come to Hollywood. So tell me a little, let's talk a little, Harriet is your latest film. And I just absolutely loved this movie. I, I actually had Wyatt Smith the editor on the show a couple of weeks ago and um oh. yeah and say so, you know how did you transform Cynthia Irvo into Harriet Tubman well basically in the the beginning i mean uh, what we did with Cynthia was uh, we took a lot of her glam away because you know she's very glamorous yes she um, is she really is. She's got great style. She really, really does. And so, uh, basically, you know, we had to sort of take that down. Um, what we did was we, Cynthia also, we, we did a scar for her that Harriet basically, uh, we aren't sure she really had this scar, but Casey and I took a little bit of creative license, um, because they believe, some people believe that the reason why she had seizures was because she had this head injury. So we did give her a scar in the center of her brow. Um, I took away a lot of the detailing out of her face by just 
not highlighting or contouring. Um, we kept the eyebrows very unarched. Um, things were, you know, there's people weren't arching their eyebrows back then. They weren't wearing gel nails. They weren't uh, <laughs> wearing piercings. I had to cover her ear holes, you know, the piercings in her ears every day. Oh, because gosh, you people don't even... just didn't have those things. Yeah, you wouldn't even think about that. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, it's something that, yeah, that's interesting that you would have to do that. And, and the fact that I, you know, you wouldn't even think about that. It's interesting. Go covering on. tattoos and then, then covering the tattoos. Right. Absolutely. All of those things. Um, you know, there's this scene where she uh, takes a bath um, and we had to cover all of the tattoos first and then make it her skin color and then put the scar on top of that. So those were the kinds of things that were done um, to transform her. And there were different levels. I mean, as you saw in the film, you know, the running as she was running and, and getting her first flat chance to get free. And she fell in a river, you know, you had to make her look worn. She was dirty. So it was all those different types of, of transitions um, were kind of how we transformed her into to Harriet. That's amazing. Did you did you did you do the makeup for um, Leslie Odom Jr. too, or did you just um, work with uh, Cynthia? I did Leslie. I also did Janelle Monet and Cynthia. You did all three of them. Um, and uh, basically, uh, you know, once Jan- once Cynthia became Harriet, then I changed the makeup because Harriet Tubman had very strong features. Um, and so what I did for Cynthia at that point was I highlighted the cheekbones. I contoured um, underneath the cheekbones to give them a more sharp look. Um, I really cleared her skin so that she looked like she was having a healthier life as far as you know, applying a slightly heavier coat of foundation just to make her look more refined. The thing with Janelle her character was a much more refined character, mm-hmm. um, but we had to make it look natural. It couldn't look like she was the Janelle Monet that we know today. Right. Um, so very, very uh, light, natural coating of foundation, not a lot of powder because I wanted it to look like skin. And most people don't have extremely matte skin. So we used very little powder. I did use blush on Janelle. We did use a tinted lip balm that I made up for her. Um, she had a very light coating of mascara and just brow gel. Um, but we had to make it look like they didn't have makeup, even though everyone had some makeup. Back mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. then, Janelle Monet, I think, is just one of the most stunning, be- stunningly beautiful women on the screen today. I really do. She's just amazing and gorgeous and and she looked gorgeous in the movie so you did a good job Thank you had a lot to Thank work you. with, but, but, you know, exactly. <laughs> but even with She's that. very pretty. Yeah, she really, really is. And then Leslie Odom Jr., who I just adore. Um, so what is, what's the difference between putting on, you know, doing the makeup for men versus women? What did you do for him that was different? Well, we would shave him in the mornings, um, so that he was, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. There's a few noise in the background. I hope it's not too much for you. Um, we would shave Leslie uh, in the mornings and uh, apply, you know, moisturizer and uh, a little bit of sunscreen. Leslie doesn't uh, wear a lot of makeup, so we used an anti-shine product on him to keep him from looking 
too shiny because he was a more sophisticated character. You know, the people of the South, we kind of left them more shiny. Um, and the people of the North, uh, because it was also colder, we would sort of take the shine down a bit more on them. So we kept Leslie with just a very light coating of a tinted anti-shine um, and a little concealer under the eyes. You know, they say that uh, for actors... Oh, there is a nice noise back there. They say for actors, actors that they, um, once they, you know, get the makeup and the hair and all of that, that's when their character actually begins for them. And, and sometimes, you know, it's that outside in, uh, the way yeah. many actors work. Did you, did, is, is that what you found with the actors for this movie? Did that, did that, was that part of their process? To help them make the transformation? Yes. Yes, I find often that um, what happens is, you know, you some actors, you actually sort of physically see their energy changing um, as they're becoming the character. Um, I've actually seen that happen sometimes in the chair. Um, with uh, the group of folks that we had this time, yes, they did make the, the mental transformation, but they were able to, in the trailer, to kind of stay themselves. And we, we kept it light in the trailer because... You know, this story is, and I love the way Casey told it, yes. because it's not a slave movie, right. which I love. I feel this is a superhero story. It's an enlist, it's enlightening, it's uh, empowering, it's uplifting. And so our trailer, even though, you know, the story did have some heavy moments, it was very light in our trailer. There was a lot of laughter and joy as the day was going on and as people were getting made up. So we didn't really see them you know, sort of mentally become their character. Uh, they physically became the character in the trailer. But once we got to set, then the energy would change and they would become who they were. Very interesting. You're listening to the Jam Price Show all about movies. And today my guest is Angie Wells, who is an Emmy-nominated makeup department head for television and film. And we're talking about the brand new movie Harriet uh, that she created all this wonderful makeup for. When so very often, I'm sure uh, a lot of actors are you know method actors and they want to stay in character all the time. Did you find that with anyone on this uh, on in the film in Harriet? No, we did not have that uh, in with Cynthia or any of the actors in this film. They were pretty uh, uh, much themselves until we actually got on the set. Um, so that was nice because, you know, some of the characters, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't want to have to deal with a, a slave owner personality. <laughs> <laughs> so I was grateful for that. Yes, I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. <laughs> so, yes, I'm grateful we didn't have, uh, uh, you know, anybody who was really holding true and fast to the method. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Have you, I'm sure you found that, though. What is that like for you um, when you're putting, you know, you're putting on their makeup and, and watching them transform when they are staying in character? What's that like? Well, I have to say, you know, that happens more on set. And I find, you know, the thing with the the, the gentlemen who played the, the slave owners or those who were out, uh, the bounty hunters, you know, they 
were very light on set. No one wanted, and I don't think any of them were those type of people, so they wouldn't, you know, they weren't taking on that type of a personality. Um, no one did mess it on this film. So for this one, it didn't really apply. Um, but what you do is when you go on set and they are in character, um, then out of respect, when you're touching them up, you don't have a lot of, you know, silly conversation, not unless it's initiated by the actor. A lot of times you'll go in and you're quiet. You touch them up and you quickly get out so that they can get back to shooting. Um, so this time... Uh, I don't, I can't say that we've had that or I had that on this film. And in all honesty, I have not really worked with anyone who has been a method purist. <laughs> so I have not had that experience. Uh, most of the folks that I've worked with have, you know, they don't turn into their character until they're actually on the set. They're not my chair. Well, I guess that's lucky for you, I suppose. <laughs> I think it might yes, be. Yes, <laughs> it can be. Yeah. It can be. <laughs> I, I think it might be difficult, you know, sometimes when they're, you know, especially if they're playing something really, really, you know, heavy and all heavy, of that to be in yes. that kind of energy even, you know, because, you know, there's an energy exchange that takes place. So I think, you know, I think yes. that would be difficult. When when you are uh, working on a film, how do you approach uh, the makeup? Do you work with uh, the director extensively? Who are you working with mostly, and how do you approach how you're going to be doing the makeup? And at what point do you uh, start creating that prior to the shooting of the film or after it starts? Prior, way prior. We do have a prep preparation time, and they call preps. And uh, during the prep time is when I speak uh, quite often with the director. I'm in a lot of uh, consultation with the director uh, to bring what their vision is to the screen. So I talk with them about what it is that they think, and then I make suggestions uh, for what I think will work or can enhance the scene or uh, can let them know when I think something might be a problem. And Casey uh, was very collaborative on this. Uh, you know, she and I had many phone meetings before I even left to go on location. And then once we got to location, you know, we talked. And then we had a camera test and sort of showed her what we were thinking of doing just to make sure we were all on the same page, which is kind of how it normally works. And if there's any tweaks or anything they'd like to do to change something, then at that time during the camera test, uh, after we have that, then we can look at the results of the camera test and we can say, okay, well, we'll change this or we'll tweak that. Um, and that's generally how it works. And 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 then what's different when you're working in television? Because you've worked on a number of wonderful shows, Mad Men, Blackish. Uh, you've worked on Best Dance Crew, The Sing Off. You've worked on quite a few interesting uh, projects on television. So how do you approach it? Uh, do you approach it differently for TV versus doing a film? Yes, television is different. Um, the thing about television is that usually you're telling a story in a shorter length of time. So you're telling a, either a one hour story, you know, which is going to be, I believe, you know, 42 minutes or something on TV or 48 minutes on television, um, or you're telling a half an hour story, which is 22 minutes on TV. Um, and you usually are shooting within a five to eight day period. You're shooting an entire episode. So it's a shorter timeline. Um, and, 
you're shooting more pages of script during the day. So, for instance, on a film, you might only shoot two pages an entire day, whereas though on a television series, maybe a one-hour episodic, you might shoot you know, four pages in a day, five pages in a day, six pages in a day. I've worked on shows sometimes where we've shot seven pages in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's very quick. It's much quicker uh, process of shooting during the day. Um, the hours are the same. Um, you know, we work on average 12 to 16 hours a day, depending wow. upon whether what you're doing. Um, so, you know, people see the glamorous side and they see what happens in front of the camera. Um, but the crew is, you know, up working long hours. And sometimes, you know, especially with Harriet, you know, I was laughing with a friend of mine as we were watching again the other night. And I said, as I was watching, I was thinking, boy, we were so cold that night. Boy, it was raining <laughs> that night. Oh, I remember it was really damp. You know, so you were remembering what you were actually going through in addition to the, what you're seeing on screen. So often the crew is behind the scenes and, you know, they're, they're lifting and running and all these things are happening behind the scenes that you don't see. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's slightly different on TV because of the faster pace. Right, right. I can imagine. The, you know, it's it, we all, everybody does think that you know, oh, movies are so glamorous and you know, and how wonderful and all of that. And then, uh, and I, I have I studied acting in film, so I know what it's like to be uh, on the set and how how arduous it is. You're right, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you can be cold or way too hot or whatever. And then let's say you're doing a winter scene and it's uh, a hot summer day and you have to be bundled up and pretend you are. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's, right. it's not glamorous behind the scenes, and the fact that you right. know that's why you know uh, all movies. I always try, you know, I do movie reviews also, and I always try to uh, you know just give everybody the benefit of the doubt because it's everybody's baby. You know, it's their passion project right. and it's their baby, so you want to honor them in what they're doing, and then you know how much how how difficult it might have been for them to do the filming of it. What are you working on now, yeah. Angie? Um, I- I'm helping a friend out on her show. Um, uh, she's running a show called uh, Insecure for HBO, so I'm helping her out on that show. Um, and uh, I've got a couple films that should be coming out in the next few months. Um, so I'm kind of taking a little bit of a slowdown because the end of the year is coming. Yes. So uh, at the holiday times, and I have a, a son and a husband, but my my son is uh, dealing with seventh grade right now. So uh, it's a larger amount of work, and I, I need to be a bit more around. So I'm a little bit slower uh, this year. And uh, going That's into the new year, I'm going to be going at a slightly slower pace than I normally do because I want to be around. For That's, the- you know, that's good. You deserve it. You worked hard. You deserve that to have that. <laughs> Uh, insecure. I think I just met one of the young actors uh, at the at the um, Napa Film Festival. That's in that. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that when it when it premieres on HBO. Do you have a preference yeah. between movies or television, or does it make any difference to you? Um, my only preference is that I'm working on something that uh, I like the script. You know, I, I need to like the script. Um, so I really don't have a 
preference necessarily. Um, I like going back and forth because I think it, it kind of keeps, keeps me from getting bored. You yes. know, it's, yes. uh, I like variety. Um, and so I work on drama. I do reality. I do film. I find though that, um, I really do enjoy, I enjoy a good script on a film. I really do. Yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoy working on film. That's I, I, I totally understand 100%. It's all about the script. Well, Angie, what a pleasure having you on the show. I really have enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. You're welcome. If you've just tuning in, uh, my guest today is Angie Wells, who's Emmy-nominated makeup department head for television and film. If you've missed any of the Jam Price Show all about movies, you can go to my website, thejampriceshow.com. And you can listen to the archive shows there, or you can go to the iHeart Podcast channel, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean. We're everywhere. YouTube. We're absolutely everywhere. There's no reason for you to miss <laughs> the Jam Price Show all about movies. We're even on your smart TV. Thank you for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.